from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And we're jumping right into the morning menu this morning as we have on the live line right now with us Joe Theismann and, and Joe Theismann, Super Bowl champion and former Redskins quarterback here with us on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora here this morning and every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. And we're happy to be here to speak on the NFL draft and the current happenings inside of the NFL with Joe. And first and foremost, Joe, how you doing today? I'm good, Dan. How about yourself? I'm doing well. And, and Joe, first and foremost, uh, to look at the Des Bryant situation before we jump into the draft, just... You know, how surprised were you? Were you not surprised at all? Eight years being the number one guy, just how he was released immediately and nothing going to the Cowboys, just something going away. Were you surprised by that? Uh, not, not really. Um, you know, I think if you look at Dez's production over the last three years, it hasn't been that stellar. Uh, I think a couple years ago, some of it had to do with the fact that Tony was hurt. But, um, you know, eight years is a long time to play at the wide receiver position, and he's been a very physical guy. Uh, but I do respect what Jerry Jones did. He called him in and basically told him. A lot of times guys find out by reading a newspaper or someone else delivers the message. Um, you know, he should be an inspired individual. And, you know, you just have to wonder how much do the sideline antics enter into just somebody getting tired of dealing with it. Um you know, I know he's an emotional football player, but, you know, we all play with emotion in this game. You have to learn to control yourself to a degree. And, you know, do you want to babysit someone through those scenarios? I think he'll be a better football player off the field um, than he probably was in Dallas because of some of the antics he was in. He wants the ball. He wants to win. These are all great qualities to have. But I don't know how much he has left in the tank at, at watching him play last year. And, I mean, when you look at the situation, like you said, you know, eight years is a long time, but the, the antics on the sideline and different things like that. In that same case with Odell Beckham Jr., are you surprised that the Giants have still have him first and foremost on the roster and that there's this this kind of air about it? I mean, are you surprised that if, if Dez is gone that Odell is still with the Giants, or do we think that there's still a shakeup to come with that? I think Odell might wind up staying with the Giants. It's going to depend on Odell because, you know, he stated he wants to be the highest paid player in the NFL. Number one, Dan, I will tell you that that ain't going to happen. Okay, so that's a that's an absolute. There are very few absolutes in this world, but Odell Beckham becoming the highest paid player in the NFL is one of them Uh, and and wouldn't even be the highest paid, shouldn't even be the highest paid wide receiver. Uh, quite often we look at teams that pay people exorbitant amount of money because of a need. I think there are some very good football players in this draft at the wide receiver position. I mean, go get Calvin Ridley. Uh, the economics work because the rookie cap is, is what it is for players. If you're going to draft in, in that position, if you're the Giants, I think you're in a very enviable position. You don't necessarily need to go get a quarterback in this year. It gives you lots of flexibility inside uh, your organization 
to replace some key people. So, you know, this could be one of those draft day moves that the Giants make uh, when it comes to Odell. Speaking here with Joe Theismann, Super Bowl champion and former Redskins quarterback. Joe, when we look at, uh, like you said, coming into what's going to happen inside of the draft, could be a draft day deal. The second pick overall belongs to the New York Giants. Where do you see them going, in your opinion? Where should they go, and where do you think they'll they'll go? Because in, in, on my side of things, I think where they should go is, is different from where they'll end up going. But where, where do you see them in the second overall? Well, I think, like I said, there's flexibility. They could go running back. They could go wide receiver. They could go offensive, defensive line with Jason Pierre-Paul gone. You want to look for an edge rusher. I mean, they have they have a number of opportunities at that position to get a, a, an impact player. And that's really what you're looking for early in the first round. I think in the first 10 to 15 picks, you want somebody who's going to come in and play football for you. And uh, the, the Giants have the flexibility. I said, like, like I say, you know, Eli – we think he's old, but when you look around the league at Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, Eli Manning, Tom Brady, um, you've got guys that have have played with a lot of experience over a lot of years and have kept themselves in really good shape. You know, being 36, 37 years old in this game today is more like, you know, going back 10, 15 years, somebody being 32, 33 years old. And I, I think, you know, offensive line is certainly an area where they can continue to, to upgrade, which was a major issue for them a year ago. So they have a lot of different areas to go. I wouldn't take a quarterback at that second pick if I was the Giants. Well, what do you think? What do you think, Dan? Well, I mean, looking I'm at curious. it, I think, I think Quentin Nelson makes the most sense because in the last two years – for them, you know, as far as the New York Giants offensive line, number one, they haven't been healthy. Number two, they haven't put together a good job of protecting Eli Manning. So if I were them, Quentin Nelson being there, I mean, people criticize the Cowboys for what they did with Zach Martin in Notre Dame and how early they picked him up. But what he did was help establish that line and help establish that running game and protection that the team had. So for me, Quentin Nelson makes a lot of sense. You know, some people are saying he's the best offensive lineman that's been in the draft in years. And then Bradley Chubb, who's a guy that I had the the opportunity of covering at NC State, he's somebody that's going to be sitting there at number two at the defensive end position. And like you said, without Jason Pierre-Paul, you bring in a guy like him. I mean, that's how you win championships for inside the trenches. You start with the offensive and defensive line. So I feel that they might lean toward quarterback or be enticed to take Sam Darnold, who I think is going to be there at number two. But for for the best for the Giants in the future, Bradley Chubb, Quentin Nelson, they make the most sense for them. I don't know if they're going to go there. It's the sensible pick, but I don't know if they're sold on Davis Webb. And with this being a deep draft of quarterbacks, I could just see them going Sam Darnold at number two, which I don't ultimately think is the right decision right now. Well, no matter who it is, they're going to sit for at least a year or two. So you, you've bought yourself some time if you don't take a quarterback. I agree with you. I think O-line and D-line are two more primary needs for them. Wide receiver and running back also would be one. Again, it brings Odell into play if you're talking wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you go from here, the, the Browns keeping with this drafted first couple picks, speaking here with Joe Theismann, they have number one, they have number four. I originally thought that they could wait until number four to get Saquon Barkley. I've changed that. I believe he's going to go number one to the Browns. What do you think about their situation at number one? Do you take Saquon Barkley? And then secondly, with that number four pick, do you go for Bradley Chubb if he's there, or do you go for a quarterback? If you're the Cleveland Browns, 
you're in a great position, but how do you treat that position at number one and number four? See, I agree with you. A lot of people talk about taking the quarterback. I, I think the top four quarterbacks in this draft, there's not a whole lot of difference in that. Whether it's Josh Rosen, whether it's Jason Allen, now you know Josh Allen. I should say Josh Allen. Josh Allen has sort of moved down the ladder a little bit, and people are concerned about the completion percentage at fifty-six percent at the college level, and I think they should be. You know, Sam Darnold is another one. Lamar Jackson's intriguing, but I don't see him up in that top ten. And of course, Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, sort of like the personality in this draft as far as quarterbacks go. And, you know, he's got a great personality, great production. You know, Heisman Trophy winner. So he's got all those, you know, credentials to go coming out of college. But it's a different world at the pro game. I, I think that they will take a quarterback. To me, Barkley would be the, the number one choice as far as I look at the Browns. Because take a look at what happened in Kansas City, in New Orleans, and also with the Rams when they added running backs. It changed the quarterback position tremendously. It made it a, a more effective position because of their ability to be able to run the football and have the guy back there. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you know, Saquon Barkley being the guy that's number one. I think if he goes, if he doesn't go to the Browns, then that New England or New England, New York has a very easy choice at number two. But for the Browns, for the moves that they're making, I think that, like I was saying, Chubb and, and Barkley are the safest pick. Barkley first and then Chubb at four. But if they are to take a quarterback, like you said, there's not too much separation in your opinion. There's so much talk about the quarterback position more than anything else from Darnold to, to Allen to Rosen to Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Mason Rudolph a little bit here and so on and so forth. What are your thoughts on this to go a little bit deeper into it? I know you said that Lamar is enticing, but is this a deep draft of quarterbacks from what you've seen on film and being a former NFL quarterback, or is there a little bit of an overhype, so to speak? I don't think there's an overhype because you have such a great need at the top of this draft. I mean, and not only at the top of this draft, but think of Phillip Rivers out in San Diego, Tom Brady in New England. Uh, Drew Brees down in New Orleans, Eli in New York. I mean, you've got guys in their late 30s that people have to start thinking and looking at, and it would be a great time to get somebody into the organization, give them a couple years to get comfortable with the organization and the system, and then transition on. You know, we, we saw with Joe Montana and Steve Young. We saw with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. There, there's been this transition. Um, you know, Browns, I think, are very comfortable with Tyrod Taylor. He's, he's not going to... Tyrod Taylor is the type of quarterback who isn't going to beat you. Um, that was the thing that Deshaun Kaiser did last year, being a rookie, really not understanding a lot about the professional game. He took some sacks. He threw some interceptions at inopportune times. That's why he's in Green Bay. They, they just felt like they wanted to move on from it. I think they will take a quarterback with one of those two picks. Um, and if Sam Darnold's there, they'll take him, probably Josh Rosen. I think one of those two would be the pick that they would make. And then looking at, to the other side of things, the Jets are amidst all of this. You know, Browns at one and four, the Giants at two, the Jets are at three. There's really no question in, in most people's minds that the Jets are going to take a quarterback in in that situation. What do you think about where the Jets are sitting right now? Because they've had a lot of trouble in recent history. The Browns have had a lot of trouble, but the Browns have made numerous moves to keep their draft picks for the first, second, and third round for the most part, and they've been able to bring in a bunch of veterans. The Jets have kind of been standing idle. What do you think about their situation? They have to take a quarterback here. I mean, Josh McCallum can only go so long. He signed a one-year deal. 
Um, and he'll start the season. And he's, it was very productive. I think he had a very solid year last year. The Jets, you know, they need help in different places. Uh, I think quarterback would be the most likely for him to go. And like, which one's going to be available? This is where you get into the Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold sweepstakes. In the those would be the top three, and then then you start, you know, and then you can't forget Mason Rudolph either, who's a, a pretty darn good football player. So you you know you have five six guys that I think will be available in the first round, but the Jets have to make a decision on which one fits in to what they want to do. Going around the NFL here with Joe Theismann, Super Bowl champion and former Redskins quarterback. Looking at the Browns, going back to them for a second, they made moves to bring in Carlos Hyde, Tyrod Taylor, Jarvis Landry. They've also boosted up their defense as well here in the offseason, and they still were able to keep their number one and their number four, and they will be drafting early on here and be able to bring in a bunch of guys and bring them in early in the draft. Dare I say it, are the Browns, since coming back in 99, is this the smartest they've been, and are you impressed by the moves that they've made at this point? I'm very impressed by the moves, and they finally, you know, Jimmy Haslam finally realized that this football is not money ball. You know, he had guys that didn't understand the game of football running it for the last couple of years. Now he's got a solid GM who understands the game. I like the fact that he stayed with Hugh Jackson. So often we see owners with, you know, if you're one in 31, what are the chances of you staying with an organization? Right. But I really, really like the move. I like the fact that you wants to build a culture, give the guy a chance. Now you're giving him some tools to work with. He really didn't have anything to work with at the quarterback position uh, over the last couple of years. Now you've got a guy that, like I say, not going to beat you not going to necessarily make mistakes and give you a chance. You've added some quality all the way around them. You know, I, I, I made this comment the other day. I think the Browns can go 8-8 eight and eight, very comfortably. I think they lost four games last year, uh, you know, very close games, uh, probably a few more. But I think the Browns have the ability to be able to get to 500. Um, their defense is not that bad. Their offense was atrocious. And that's, a, and that's going to be the area where they will be upgraded. That's why I say Barkley makes so much sense for them to be able to take the pressure off. I mean, you get a you get a Saquon Barkley. Look what look what Lashawn McCoy did up in Buffalo for Tyrod Taylor when he was healthy. I mean, all you need to do, you know, nobody talks about the running back position because it's a wide open game and everybody's in the gun. But James White for the New England Patriots, how important was he against the Atlanta Falcons? So you you look at the running back position and the impact that they can make for young quarterbacks, for your offense, and they're sort of the unsung guys when it comes to what you want to build on. And with this, you know, with, with saying for years that this was such a passing league, now we see that the running backs, like you said, are taking some pressure off. Drew Brees, that situation, you brought it up a little bit, speaking here with Joe Theismann, and Alvin Kamara coming onto the team and being a one-two punch with Mark Ingram. Just what you could say about that dynamic, because Drew Brees is one of those guys who I consider is, is in a very, very short list of being an elite quarterback currently playing and active in the NFL. When he got that running game and he was able to kind of be back a little bit and not have to do everything, just what you think that that did for New Orleans and, and if other teams, like you said, are trying to copycat that through the draft maybe as we move forward. Oh, there's no question. I think, you know, look, and like I say, you look what happened in Kansas City, um, you know, with Hunt. And then you go to the Rams. I think Todd Gurley made the biggest impact. You know, the Rams, they had offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, coach of the year. 
Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with the ability to be able to run the football. And Gurley made a world of difference. He was healthy this year and took a lot of pressure off of Jared Goff, giving him a chance to continue to grow in the system. And so to me, like, you know, I was, hey, I know the benefit of a running back. I had John Riggins. Uh, I can tell you, having John Riggins and Joe Washington in the backfield, another guy by the name of Nick Jaquinta, having those three guys back there made a world of difference. It makes play calling easier. You don't get yourself in long-yarded situations. You don't have to wind up with second down and 15s and having to throw almost every down. Uh, it allows you to control the game. It allows you to protect the lead. That running game is so important. And, you know, it's funny we mentioned New Orleans, Kansas City, and the Rams. All three of them in the playoffs. Yeah. And, and when we speak on elite quarterbacks, and Joe, obviously you had your time and, and won a Super Bowl while you are playing inside of the NFL – I've argued that there's maybe five or six quarterbacks that can be called elite in the NFL that are playing right now out of 32 teams. You could bring up names like Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson. Some people want to argue in there. What would you say about the elite quarterbacks? Would you agree to that list? Is there somebody missing and, and just how difficult it is and why so many teams obviously are in the draft looking for the guy at quarterback because the list is so short at this point? Well, I think it speaks to the demand and the complexity of our game. Um, quite often, we've had a lot of coaching changes, too. That's another thing, Dan. You know, you're, you're, you change a coach, you change a philosophy, you change an environment, you change a culture. Um, some guys, you know, you look at the offensive coordinators. You know, what do they want to do? I mean, different guys have been in different systems. Alex has been in, you know, a, a, a number of different situations. Now he's in Washington, D.C. Kirk has been fortunate enough to be in one with with Jay uh, and Mike. So actually two. But I, I do think that you, you basically hit on the elites, but they're all getting older. Ben's another one we don't talk about. You know, Ben talked about retiring this year. Now he wants to play at least 100, which is great. But but the bottom line is, is there are probably 10 guys that gives you a chance to win a championship. Maybe that's on the high end. But you have to look for the next kid that you can develop. You want that next 10, 12, 14-year guy. You're not necessarily looking for a 19-year guy. You know, Tom Brady is the exception to the rule in every capacity. He's not a 41-year-old guy. I, I think you know somebody stole his birth certificate and put a number on there that we all don't realize it actually happened. Um, but you know, he'll come back with a vengeance this year. He does not like losing Super Bowls. It doesn't sit well with him one bit, um, knowing the competitive nature of the individual. But you're right, there's about 10 guys, and they are the elites. But you look at the amount of time they've invested. Most of them have spent all their time with one team. That's another thing. Tom in New England, Drew in New Orleans, Aaron in, in Green Bay, Ben in Pittsburgh, Philip in San Diego. Um you know, you look you look around this league, and and those guys have been, and the organization has committed to them. Lots of things have changed around them, but the organization has committed to them. And the one thing that has been somewhat common, maybe not so for Drew, but their defense has made a world of difference. People have asked me on different occasions, what is the single most important asset that a quarterback can possess? A great defense. And when we look at that, leading right into Jacksonville, 
a team that multiplied their wins from 2016-17 to 2018 by four, went for and were four points away, and were four points away for, from going into their first Super Bowl ever and back to the AFC Championship for the first time in a very long time, and and bridged the gap with Tom Coughlin, who was there the first time they, they got to the AFC Championship game, and, and now most recently, that defense, arguably the best in the country, in a lot of cases the best in the country statistically, what do you think about the Blake Bortles factor, that Jaguars defense, and are they the real deal moving forward? Well, I think they are, and I think, you know, you, you highlighted the common thread, Tom Coughlin. Um, the man understands how to win. He understands what the culture is supposed to look like. He understands what personnel is supposed to look like. I thought it was a great hire bringing him back. Putting him in the organization, I think, was a big, big plus for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're right. Defensively, they were not only were they the best, but they were young and the best. And Blake Bortles now gets a chance. You know, all that stuff about is he good, is he not good, is he an average guy, all those things get put aside now. Now you have a chance to go out and play football. You've got your contract. Now you get to focus on being a better football player. So I, you know, if you look at the AFC right now, you're going to have to say the Jacksonville Jaguars have to be one of a couple, three teams that you believe can get to the Super Bowl. Do you, when you look at Blake Bortles and, and everything that he's been through, I mean, he played at Central Florida. They were told that they had no business being in the Fiesta Bowl, and then they won it handily when they had George O'Leary there as a coach. He moved forward to the Jacksonville Jaguars, was picked in the top five picks, and everybody was talking about Johnny Manziel sitting in a corner sulking and spent maybe two minutes on Blake Bortles holding up a jersey, and then he does everything he did this year. Not only did he do that with the team, with the help of the defense, and, and obviously bringing in pieces like Leonard Fournette, but he did it with a tear in his right wrist that he's had for over a year and just had surgery on it after having it being injected all throughout this past season. So have we gotten to a point where where we can say that Blake Bortles is a good quarterback? Are you surprised that people still critique his ability out there? No, I think he is a good quarterback. Now, can he move to the next level? That, every, every, every week, every play, every practice, you want to get better and better and better at what you do. Now he'll be under scrutiny because he has the contract. There is an expectation now in Jacksonville. You know, we, we left off when we named those running backs. We left off Leonard Fournette. You know, it, he's made a difference in that football team, yeah. being a healthy football player. So again, I go back to the the importance of the running back. But I think you know this is going to be it'll be it'll be fun to watch Blake perform this year. He, he played solid. Case Keenum is another one. You know how is you know what's Case going to wind up doing? How well is he going to be able to perform after having an outstanding year a year ago? That coming from Joe Theismann, Super Bowl champion and former Redskins quarterback. A couple more before we wrap up here, Joe. You had said that you know there's a there's there's all you know so you can argue 10 guys are elite at the quarterback position inside of the NFL right now you said that there's a bunch of teams that are out there looking for the guy that's going to carry them the next 10 years and help them to grow and 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 not maybe they're not looking for a guy you know 14 19 years so to speak or if there is a guy out there but of the quarterbacks that are available who would you feel best about the next 10 years if you were a GM that was drafting at the beginning of the first round I would probably, it would either be Darnold or uh, Allen, Josh Allen. Those two I would feel comfortable with. And then, you know, Baker Mayfield, he's just intriguing to me. I mean, he just, he's got that moxie and, you know, he'll grow out of 
he'll mature and grow into a leadership position. You know, this isn't a, you know, our game's not a rah-rah game. Our game is what can you do for me and how can you help me win? Uh, we don't care if you jump around. I don't care if you walk slow. I don't care if you never smile. Can you put the ball where it belongs? Can you can you deliver in the big moments? And this is somewhat that somewhat, to me, this is, you know, the, the thing that Baker has. He has delivered in the big moments. He has played in big games. Um, but, you know, Sam comes out of another big program. You know, Josh Allen comes out of a big program. So, to me, I would probably go with Josh Allen. If I was going to pick one, that would be the one. Now, Jim Moore didn't have flowering things to say about him, but, you know, the, I think the kid's going to wind up, once he gets into professional football, if he commits himself, I think he has a chance to be the one that, you know, sort of stands out. And why, why is he the special guy to you? What is it about him? Like you said, if you had to pick right now between Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and Josh Allen, you would go with Josh Allen. Why in this moment, Josh Allen? I, 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 think, he's, I think he's very complete. Um, you know, I felt that way about um, Andy Dalton coming out of TCU. I felt that way about Kirk Cousins coming out of Michigan State. Um, they they transitioned from the collegiate game. I feel like they could transition into the professional game very comfortably and very easily. I watched Sam Darnold against Notre Dame. I was at the game, and he did not play well. You know, Sam's had moments where you sort of scratch your head a little bit. Uh, and like I say, Baker, you know, he's a runaround guy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily compare him to Johnny Manziel, but uh, you know how well can he work out of a pocket, whether it's the gun or whether it's under center. You know that now a lot of guys now at our level, you, you know, you spend a lot of time in the gun. But will his height be a factor? Will it be an issue? Everybody points to Drew Brees, but Drew Brees has a lot of years of experience being at his height in this game, and he has a lot of weapons around him. And Drew gets the ball out of his hands exceptionally quick. He does not hold on to the football. And that's that's something you can't do as a rookie because you have no idea what you're looking at. Baker Mayfield, coming out of Oklahoma, though, in the Big 12, critiqued in, in, up and down that conference for not really having any defense to go up against. They, you know, Some people call it the pillow fight conference. It, does that affect Baker Mayfield coming into the NFL? Like, I mean, a guy like Geno Smith, who looked like he had a bunch of talent, coming out of West Virginia and has struggled to find his footing. Does Baker suffer from that? Do any quarterback coming out of the Big 12, do they suffer from knowing that that's a conference that you're not going to get the type of defense that you're going to find inside of the Big 10 or the SEC or even the ACC? Well, I, you know, you can make that same argument about Carson Wentz. I mean, you know, he didn't play big-time football. It doesn't matter. It depends on how much the young man wants to commit – the young men want to commit themselves to being pro quarterbacks. That's what it all boils down to. Who you played against, whether it was a, you know, whether it was a pillow fight conference, and it, that to me is insignificant. Completion percentage is important. Uh, touchdown to interception ratio is important. Study habits and work ethic to me are going to what's going to allow you to play a game, this game for 10, 12, 14 years. Look at Josh McCallan. You know, Josh is, you know, he, he's been banged around, beat up. He, you know. I think the Bears a while back would have been better off signing him than they would have uh, Jay Cutler. It yeah. would have been, you know, it would have been cheaper and probably more productive. And two final here with with Super Bowl champion Joe Theismann here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. The Patriots, we hear about it every year that there's some type of issue or something going on. Somebody's questionable. 
on the injury report. Tom Brady's been on the injury report more than most people who are actually injured. Now it's Tom Brady doesn't like Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick doesn't like Bob Kraft. Rob Gronkowski wants to be an actor. Do you ever buy into any of this stuff, or is this just smoke and mirrors in your opinion? I just think it's people talking about the New England Patriots. Uh, you know, it, when you when you stand at the top of the mountain, people throw stones at you. And and New England's been there a long time, and people just keep throwing stones and rocks and boulders. <laughs> you know, I, I do think Gronk's situation is probably the one that I would say, okay, you know, he wants to leave the game. He's had tremendous production. Um, he's had some injuries of late, and maybe he wants to transition into acting. But I tell guys this, play the game as long as you can, because when it's over, it's over. And and you will you will regret leaving the game too soon. You know, we see guys that have left the game want to get back in. Listen to Johnny Manziel now. He knows he blew it. He knew he had the world by the tail. He had the, he had he had the, everything right there in front of him. If he was just mature enough to be able to understand the opportunity that was there for him. Now he does. Now he's doing everything he can to try to prove to people that he wants back into the game, that he will apply himself, that he will have the work ethic. I think in Grung's case, he's such a great natural talent, and he's on a football team that features his talents. Um, but we all reach a point where you just get tired. New England's played about one season more over the last four years than everybody else. When you really stop and look at the amount of games the Patriots have played, they play more than anybody. Yeah. And and so it gets tiring. It gets exhausting. And, you know, he, you know, Gronk's always one of those guys that lives on the edge anyway. I, I laugh. I, I just laugh at the stuff he does. I get the biggest kick out of him. <laughs> you know, he, he's, 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 like that, he's like that little kid that you can't control. And he, he has that little kid smile and the, the, that sheepish thing that he knows he did something wrong and he's hoping he can <laughs> get away with it. <laughs> that's very true joe that's <laughs> it's a very good analysis of rob Gronkowski. but to to look at to look at somebody else in a totally that's treated in a totally different scope than you know oh they're cute and they're funny and they're different colin kaepernick i i know that you know being a former quarterback you obviously can look at him for his mechanics his ability he did get to a super bowl and face off against the ravens he made a decision to stand up for something it seemingly has affected him and the NFL wants to say, no, that's not why we're not putting him on a team. And then he's arguing, I'm better than a lot of guys that are there in the NFL. Where do you see this situation going? And, and how have you kind of taken this all in, knowing that Colin Kaepernick has not gotten a job inside of the NFL and, and he is healthy and he is waiting? What do you think about the whole situation? Well, I, you know, I am not uh, – I don't own a football team. I don't know what ramifications might occur if I decided to sign Colin. Uh, he did take a stance. I do not agree, and I've said this before, I do not agree with kneeling for the national anthem. I don't believe that. I think it's um, it, it dishonors those men and women that have fought to defend that flag. Now, anybody can say what they want. It's their personal opinion. This is my personal opinion. And so... Whether or not he can play, he's right. I mean, he's he's probably a better football player than some of the guys that are on rosters. But owners have to weigh the decisions, just not just on someone's football talent, but on the entire organization. And so, you know, I, I am like I say, I don't own a football team. I'm not privy to those meetings. Uh, I haven't, 
you know, spoken to owners about it. Um, I know my personal feelings. It, I know the National Football League is making great strides towards trying to um, do what their players can in the communities to try and move away from social injustices and some of the things that uh, we're dealing with in society today. But as far as cap situation goes, that's just going to have to play out over time. And uh, we'll see what happens. There is the Alliance of American Football, the AAF, and there is also the XFL coming back in 2020. I think the NFL, with the catch rule and some other things going on, kind of did this to themselves, create their own competition. What do you think about this? I mean, there's the conversation of Tim Tebow. There's there's obviously going to be the conversation of, of Colin Kaepernick and if he can find a place here and other guys that maybe have been spurned from the NFL or just it didn't work out where they were and they've been bouncing around. What do you think about the future of professional football knowing that Steve Spurrier's connected now to Orlando and we have the AAF and the XFL that are going to be going up against the NFL? Dan, I, I think it's, you know, you're always, because of the popularity of the NFL, people are always going to try and create um, a league to try and you know, capitalize on what the uh, NFL has been able to do and the love for football for people. Um, I was, you know, I was part of the team down in the UFL, uh, down in Orlando. Yeah. We had the Orlando Tuskers. Yeah, Tusk- yeah, I, yeah I, I was part of the Orlando Tuskers. So, um you know, I understand what happens when a new league comes in. It's challenging. You know, the fans want to see a high level of football. And, you know, what's the economics behind the new leagues? Uh, you know, I, don't, I think people sometimes get involved in it, and they quite don't quite realize the amount of money it's going to take to be able to try and compete with the NFL. Yeah. Um, do you have a television network? Will you be on television? Will the fans come? When will you have the games? Will they fit in? Will they conflict with high school games? High school's big now. High school and college games are huge. Will will the new professional leagues conflict with them? There are people out there that are staunch collegiate fans that don't care about professional football. Yeah. There are professional football fans that don't care about the collegiate game. So you, you have this, this myriad of scenarios that you have to sort of muck your way through to figure out if it's going to be beneficial, if it's going to work. I I think it's great. I think we do need some type of a basic, quote-unquote, minor league system. I don't think it would be bad at all. That's why I got involved with the UFL. I thought we could create a league where if somebody needed a tackle or a wide receiver or a defensive back or a corner, it it would be a supplemental league to help the NFL. But the NFL has to be a part of it. And if they're not a part of it, it's a little tough to be able to um, have them, you know, take your players. And finally here with Joe Theismann, Super Bowl and Redskins quarterback in history, I have to send this your way. And that being the fact that in finality here, Alex Smith, Colt McCoy, just what you think about the Kevin Hogan, the future of the Redskins. Are you surprised that Kirk Cousins was never paid and that Alex Smith, who I call his older brother, and so what, just what you think about Alex Smith coming in and, and making that money and being a part of this where he's had you know somewhat of a mediocre career up and down. What do you think about the quarterback situation at the place that you used to call home? I, I think it's very good. I think everybody benefited. Kansas City benefited. 
uh, Minnesota benefited and the Redskins benefited. Everybody got what they wanted. Pat Mahomes is going to be an exciting young man in Kansas City. Kirk Cousins, they think, is going to be the answer to get them to the Super Bowl. And that'll be very interesting to watch. That's a ton of pressure for a guy to come in and say, okay, we expect to be in the Super Bowl. We expect to win the Super Bowl. And you're the guy we went out and got. I think for the Redskins having an Alex Smith, you know, you say he's like a cousin to Kirk Cousin. Um, I think that, you know, Alex had an excellent year last year. You go back two years ago when the Kansas City Chiefs didn't throw a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. You know, was it the concept? Was it the offense? Was it the players? Was it the personnel? Those were all questions. Yeah. I think Kurt, Colt McCoy and Alex Smith make a terrific combination in Washington. You add Paul Richardson. Uh, I don't know if Hogan's been added or not. Uh, that deal has gone down. But the Redskins pick at 13. And I think, you know, they'll need some help on the defensive side of the ball. They, you know, they were the worst defense in football a year ago. And a lot of it had to do with a lack of personnel. They just, they lost people during the year. They lost them in training camp. They lost them before the season. So we'll see what happens with a healthy Washington Redskins football team. Yeah, coming from Joe Theismann. Joe, as always, it's a pleasure to have you. I know we're talking going into the draft. Would love to get you back on once we figure out where these quarterbacks ended up and what these teams chose to do. So always good to have you throughout the years, and I appreciate your time and appreciate what you do. So keep going out there and being the professional that you are and know that you're always welcome here on the show. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, Bye-bye. you too. Take care. That coming from Joe Theismann once again, and uh, – <laughs> I have no words. I don't. I really don't. I mean, Super Bowl champion, a man who who knows what he's talking about, does his research, research, understands the game. We have had amazing conversations for the last almost decade here on the show. I mean, I'm looking back, I don't even seven, eight years at this point that he has been on the show, and 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 I just, I do. I appreciate it. Over a thousand people have graced the stage and, and, and been on the mic of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora as, as a special guest, and Joe Theismann being one of them. And he, by far, every time I know he's coming on, I just, I do, I get so amped up for that conversation because of the fact that I know it's going to be intriguing. I know that, you know, we listen to one another, and there's that mutual give and take, and, and it just, it goes such a long way. And, you know, it's, it, I'm honored that some of the things that come out of my mouth make sense to Joe because, you know, in, in, in the sense of, you know, he knows the game, he played the game. I never played the game in the NFL. I never, you know, was – I played the game for fun. You know, I played – I was a basketball player playing pickup football for fun, trying not to kill myself so I could keep playing basketball. But, you know, I, I just – I've studied the game. And in the NFL, I've always said that if, if, if I – didn't watch the NFL for three years. If I didn't know what the hell was going on, I could still come back and talk to you about all 32 teams because for some odd reason, I just have a connection to the NFL that if I slipped into a coma and then came out of it, I could talk about it still. And I just have a great appreciation. Yes, I want people to be more protected in the game. I want our players to have a better future and and to not see guys go through CTE and whatnot, of, of course, and I've built friendships and bonds with people that, you know, I mean, when it comes to Joe Theismann, Floyd Little, Rob Drummond, you know, Mark Jones, who played overseas, to the guys at Syracuse, you know, Jerome Smith, Isaiah Johnson, 
to Maggie McPherson, Jay Bromley, Justin Pugh, Marquis Spruill, the guys this year, Jonathan Thomas, Zaire Franklin, Irv Phillips, Steve, Steve Ishmael, Eric Dungey. Uh, you know, I don't want to see Rex Culpepper. I don't want to see anybody get hurt and, and, and definitely not have to go through CTE and, and the dangers that that can create. And, you know, it's hit home for me with Chris Gedney and, and the story around that. And it's it's hit home for me with Rob Drummond in our numerous conversations because Rob's one of my best friends of the last almost 10 years from the day I met him pretty much about eight years ago. So we have to protect our players and we have to think about them first and foremost. I know that it's a business and I know that people are trying to make money, but ultimately, the health and well-being of, of the Joe Theismans and the Floyd Littles and the Rob Drummonds and Mark Jones and so on and so forth of the world is paramount to me because these people are people that I know and I respect. It's great that Joe Theismann was a quarterback. I don't want Joe Theismann to be in a nursing home with dementia, staring out a window, unable to speak. You know, And, and that's something that the NFL has to, to look at and to understand is that we? that is the number one thing that you have to take care of is safety, number one. And that is safety of going into the stadiums. That is the safety of knowing that people can go and sit down and not have to worry about anything in the world we live in today. So that safety starts all over the place. It starts with checking bags and this, that, and the other thing. It starts with checking the stadium, having the right personnel, having the right law enforcement there, and then on top of all of that, it comes to checking the helmets and how the game is played and taking... I can't believe that there used to not be a rule on targeting. There used to not be a rule on helmet-to-helmet contact and you know how you could knock somebody down and take somebody out of a game, and, and now there is... But, you know, there's, there's work to be done. I love the NFL. I love the product. I want these people that play for these teams to be healthy and be good fathers and grandfathers and uncles and boyfriends and husbands and fiancés and this, that, and yeah, good friends, good leaders, good business owners. I want them to have a life after football, and that comes with making sure that we take care of them while they're playing. So a big thanks to Joe Theismann. Like I said, I just every time he comes on the show, I'm so excited. And, you know, I am a little kid in this business in the sense of I will always appreciate what I do. And Joe's one of those guys that really, 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 really gets what's going on and can talk about anything and he makes it fun so joe you know if you're if you're still listening now that you're off the air you know showed you some love here but i appreciate all the work that you've done and i appreciate the man that you are and and how you have always made time for me in a very busy schedule so thank you for that with that being said we're going to take a step aside for a fast break here on wake up call with dan tortora on wake up call dt.com your one-stop sports shop and on mixlr.com backslash wake up call dt we after this fast break will start in on that other football and that is football and that will be the Syracuse FC outdoor team heading into their second season. Jake Cole Brenner, Brenner will be joining me, and then Ben Raymond in just a moment. Jake Cole Brenner first, and then Ben Raymond to follow here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora live in the only place you're going to get these gentlemen this morning. We'll be on in just a moment with Jake Cole Brenner. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. 
Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513 or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me Buy a house, find the right place. Could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property? Also, Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name, so give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And here on the live line, no stranger to the show and no stranger, obviously, to my connection with Syracuse FC as the voice of the team, Jake Colbrenner is back here with me on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. He is live from the University of Pennsylvania as he has signed on with Syracuse FC for the year number two of the team in outdoor soccer in central and upstate New York. Jake, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dan. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. And, and, and we were talking about a little bit off the air, just what you could say about you know heading off to college and, and playing for Penn and, and just what you've taken away at this point. You know, you've gotten to tell your story with me, like I said, when we were talking here for a couple minutes, I'd love to share with people kind of how you got a chance to get out there and, and get some quality minutes for the team. 
Yeah, I know. So I came in, you know, expecting to play uh, like winger outside midfield and uh, didn't really have the starting spot or anything. And uh, kind of opportunity presented itself. Uh, two players, you know, uh, left the team for various reasons. And I ended up uh, getting put up top and uh, kind of took the opportunity really well. Uh, scored in my like first start. And uh, I ended up starting for... 13 games like kind of like the second half of the season roughly a little more than that and uh worked out really well for me and getting a second team all ivy so uh that was nice so that was the fall fall well as a team we didn't have the greatest record we didn't make it to the playoffs or anything but it was good individual experience and uh you know that, that kind of concluded the fall and going into the spring you know we've had uh two spring games that's mainly just been your typical uh running and lifting with a little training mixed into it so and when you look at you know having that first opportunity coming in as a freshman like you said this past fall in 2017 what did you take away from it so far i mean what have you learned from being over at the uh, the university of penn at this point like you said second team all ivy you got to play in 16 matches 13 starts in those 16 matches almost 1200 minutes on the field you spent what did you take away from it i think the, the biggest takeaway i took from it was uh just maintaining uh consistency at a high level you know, um, I think it was really demanded of me to have a solid performance every game and, uh, you know, kind of really focusing on uh, doing all the little things well. I think, like, kind of like the margins, I'd say, it's, you know, like securing the ball for the team or making that big play for the team. Um, I think that was the biggest takeaway, you know, like having, like, more, instilling more of a sense of responsibility as, like, a player on the field. And when you look at that sense of, of responsibility and kind of growing, uh, when you played for Syracuse FC prior to, you know, this was before you were going to college, before you were playing in the fall, so you were playing as a high school guy. Just what you could say about that. I mean, there's some guys that were playing indoor, outdoor, a little bit of both for maybe a decade, close to it, half a decade, and you were coming in as a high school player and that was your, you know, opportunity with Syracuse FC to play with these guys. Just what you took away from that, being being one of the young guys out there and making a splash. You didn't just play for Syracuse FC. You did some really good things down the stretch. So just what you took away from being the high school guy with a bunch of vets that had been playing this game for a very long time. Yeah, no, I mean, I think being a young player in any situation, a young person in any situation is great because you can learn so much from the uh, the people above you. You know, they have the experience. They've played in the big games. You know, they've won, they've lost, so they've learned and they've grown. And uh, just kind of like practicing with them, playing with them in games, seeing how they manage themselves, I learned a lot from. And I think uh, another good thing about being the young player is you really go in with uh, – well, at least you really shouldn't go in with any ego at all. It's all hard work, you know, like you kind of got to earn your place. So uh, that happened. I mean, ended up working out really well. You know, I started a game. The next game I uh, started in, you know, scored. So it went well for me. Uh, Syracuse FC had a great experience and uh, it was a learning environment and definitely prepared me well for like the level like of college soccer. So. I think overall, just being the young player is definitely beneficial. 
That coming from Jake Kolbrenner, who has decided to come back for year two and kind of leading into that. Like you said, you had you had learned a lot. You had an opportunity to start, and then the second game you started, you scored a goal. Just just what you could say brought you back to this team, what you liked about the experience, the environment, the culture, just why another year with Syracuse FC was the right thing for you. Um, I think... Above all else, I mean, you know, the kind of the opportunity was there. I wasn't really sure what it was about um, last year, of course, because it was the first year of it. But um, I think the biggest thing for me is uh, how I, like I take soccer very seriously. I want to like you know do that as long as I can, and um, to play like at a high level over summer is difficult to find. And I mean, it just so <laughs> just so happens that I want to that's becomes more realistic it's uh about like 20 minutes from my house you know so i can't complain about that but i mean going into it i uh wasn't really sure about the level and all that stuff and i got in there i've I've grown so much as a player you you can't like you can't exchange like game like playing in a game at a high level anywhere else you can train as much as you want on your own but you can't replicate that like that actual game time and just practicing with uh you know 20 30 guys so i think that level you know i mean the the team i made some great friends that i still keep in contact with to this day it's a great group of guys as well so i mean i think overall like i was just kind of really excited like it was a it was really just a no-brainer you know i'm gonna be in syracuse this summer and like playing soccer so i mean i would it was a really no-brainer going back to Syracuse FC. And like you said, the level of play, you know, you wanted you, you wanted to get that. And you said, you know, there's not a lot of places to get that type of level of play in the summer. Just how you would describe the level of play. I mean, Syracuse FC was in their first season of competition last year. They're going into their second year this year in 2018. What can you say about the level of play and, and how that pushed you? How how high is, is their level that they expect and, and the teams that you've gone up against? I mean, I think that uh, you have to. I mean, you look at all the players that are on our team. Uh, I mean, all like you know, successful college players, even further professional um, players, indoor and outdoor. I mean, no one's really there to just kind of mess around and uh, not take it seriously. You know, we want to maintain a high level in practice, and we want to be successful in games. We had some uh, very big wins in games, and we tied. We tied the uh, last game. We tied the team that won the league, or right? qualified for playoffs, or something like that. But um, I mean, we could we 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 could play, first season we could play with any team in that uh, division. You know, we had some unfortunate results, but. Uh, I was, I was, I, I would be more disappointed if I, you know, I did that and it wasn't taken seriously by all the players and stuff. But it definitely is, and you know, the levels mean like highly maintained. So like, you know, I know that I'm going there. I'm going to get better. Like every training session is going to be a tough training session. Going to get touches on the ball and stuff. So I mean, I think, I think it's just it's great overall. And to see that speaking of Jake Colbrenner, before I let you go, the organization. I mean, it's all about, you know, obviously you want to have talent, you want to put a good product on the field, you want to score goals, you want to win games, you got to have good coaching. But the organization itself, they have to have a good message, a good logo. They have to be able to get it out there, to find the right channels, to reach out to people, have a good place to play. There's a lot of schematics and just kind of getting everything together outside of the game itself. What can you say about the organization and the people behind it when we speak on Syracuse FC? Um, 
for me, I think you know, a great starting point is uh, you know just getting a call from uh, Yaro. He gave me a call yesterday to kind of see how things were going and make sure I was um, all set and ready to get back into playing for Syracuse FC in the uh, like in the upcoming month or so. And I think something just like that is just kind of a great starting point to get on a great basis with your players where you're talking to them. But I mean, it's also I think a big thing for me, like kind of going along with that, is like. You could, uh, it's it's so much more fun playing in front of a huge fan base as well. I mean, I've never played in front of so many fans in my entire life for a game. And it's, uh, you know, scoring at home in front of all those fans, the coolest thing, you know, like it's crazy having all of them there, Central Union. So um, I think, you know, schematics with the management and stuff as well, you know, we great logo great gear you know like traveling all that stuff but i think uh i think all, everyone the players management all that stuff like greatly appreciated like the huge fan base we had in our first season you know syracuse is a great city for soccer a lot of people follow it a lot of people are into it so i think that's only going to stay the same or grow if we continue to do better and do more outreach in the community Absolutely, and, and there's a lot to be gained by that. And obviously, the fans made it fun up in the booth as well, and and brought yeah, some amazing sure. things for me. So I mean that 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 was a good time. And and you know what? I I feel like some guys have nicknames and some guys don't. Do you have one out there? And I see. I'm going to throw one your way, Jake, because you and I have gotten to talk before. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to throw one your way. Okay, so. I'm an old school wrestling fan. I liked, you know, back in the days of Hulk Hogan and those type of guys. So of I was course, a Jake. I was a Jake the Snake fan. So okay. I think if you we uh, go ahead, what are you, you going to say? I've had that one. I've had that one in the past, to okay. be honest with you. But um, honestly, not really a nickname. It's kind of just uh, like Colbrenner or Colby. I kind of just go with the last name. That's that's pretty much the only nickname I've really had. I mean, because I, I just, I, and I know, like you said, you've you've had the Jake the Snake before, but I mean, if you're weaving in and out of traffic and you score a goal, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to not say Jake the Snake. Hey, hey like you, you've got the, you've got the card. You're okay to say it. All it's right. all you. All right. Cool. <laughs> so you you've handed me the card that says it's okay. So I've gotten the approval from from Jake Colbrenner. And Jake, finally here for you. Just just what you want to say to maybe some people that haven't been out to a game yet. Why they should come in year two. Why they should be a part of it over at OCC. Just what is it about Syracuse FC that should make somebody who's never been out there, maybe isn't even a soccer fan, come out and see you guys play. I think the biggest thing that um, could and should draw people to the OCC, OCC for the games is just the atmosphere. And you get there and you're like, what's going on? Like, is this like is this like a professional game? Like, what am I going into right here? You have crazy dedicated fans. You know, you could hear it from the parking lot, how crazy it is and stuff. And uh, you have a lot of high-quality players and players that have all uh, not all but for the most part you know like growing up in the community you know i've been around syracuse you know like going to the high schools all around syracuse so a lot of familiar faces i just i think it's a great thing that uh you know the community should get involved with and it's it's uh it's a it's obviously not like like high level professional but like it's a high quality like game you're it's it's entertaining and um I think combined with the atmosphere in the soccer, it's a great way for uh, you know people to spend like a 
early Friday evening, you know, Saturday evening, Wednesday evening. I know we have a lot of Wednesday games coming up. Like, it's a great way to spend a Wednesday evening if you're free. So uh, that's just my take on that. That coming from Jake the Snake Colbrenner. Very appreciate, <laughs> very much appreciate having you on the show today, Jake. And looking forward to seeing you here in year two. And obviously, keep it rolling at Penn as well. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. See, I knew someday I would be able to shamelessly plug Jake the Snake for a reason that you didn't know. I gotcha. Okay. Nothing to do with wrestling at all. Well, maybe fake injuries, because people in soccer fake injuries. So not Jake, not my dude right here, but I'm saying there are if you watch an MLS game, watch the, oh my God, watch the World Cup, watch the World Cup. There are people that unless Casper became an unfriendly ghost and started taking it to town on people and he has an unfriendly hammer, none of these people's shins are injured ever. It's crazy. It is, I, you should get, you know what? We should film me watching the World Cup and get my reactions, because I believe that that show would go viral, because the, my reactions to fake injuries is, is, a, I just, I do, I, I think that watching me watch people fall down by a mysterious ghost is a lot of fun, so there's something to be gained by watching me watch, watch soccer when people fake injuries, but outside of that, a team that did not fake injuries and fought their behinds off in their inaugural season, Syracuse FC. Definitely go out and see them and check them out at their games. You you don't want to miss this. I love the fans and how exciting they made it for me. When I say Syracuse, you say FC. And SyracuseFC.net has your tickets. Go there and get them now. And we you could be, you know, we have the inaugural season Founders Club. Those people will be coming back. You can get your season tickets for the 2018 season. You can do that right now. Family tickets are 150 bucks for season. An adult season ticket is 60 bucks. A youth season ticket is only $30. And how about this? You look at the family for a limited time only. You can get season tickets at 2017 prices. The family season ticket gets you a family of four, two adults, and two children for $150 <clears throat> total. 150 bucks, two adults, two children, an entire family can go see Syracuse FC all season long at home for 150 bucks. Can't beat that. We'll take a step aside. We're going to keep on with Syracuse FC as Ben Raymond joins me after this. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily you know we bring in local produce we prepare to order in the kitchen we hand bread our chicken we hand spin our milkshakes it's it's great food it doesn't taste like fast food i, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a chick-fil-a restaurant it's different we we try to treat people with intentional kindness here which is very different and deeper than good customer service and so I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community 
is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalwear, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formal Wear. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you this morning and every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time here on the live line here on Thursday, April 19th is Ben Raymond. Ben Raymond, no stranger to the show, whether it's Syracuse FC, the Syracuse Silver Knights, we find some time to talk, and I always appreciate him taking some time out of his schedule to join us here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Always a pleasure to have Ben on the show. So year two for Syracuse FC is rolling around, and Ben has decided that he wanted to be a part of the team, and the team has obliged that and said, let's make it happen. So with that being said, signing back on with Syracuse FC and returning for outdoor soccer in Syracuse for this second year in the 2018 season. Let's bring him into the show to discuss that and so much more. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And, and what made it the right fit? What, what made Syracuse FC a place to return to, in your opinion? Uh, there's there's a lot of reasons, but um, you know, start. It's a fantastic organization to play for. Um, you know, starting with the fans, the fan base is is really incredible, especially for you know upstate New York. Um, you know, the coaching staff really did a great job last year. They're really enjoyable to play for. Um, the management was you know extremely professional, extremely organized. 
and um, you know the medical staff and training staff were the same. It was it's a top notch, top notch organization in the league, and uh, it makes it an easy decision, especially when you're from Syracuse to to want to stay and play for this team. And when you look at that, you brought up the organization, and, and like you said, top-notch, just how it was handled in the front office. Just what you could say about how important and how vital that is, because you know we hear about coaches, we hear about players, we don't always hear too much about the front office and the people that are you know doing, doing the dirty work, so to speak, day in and day out off of the field. What can you say about the organization and those that comprise it and, and why this is such a good organization from that standpoint? Well, well there's... You know, there's- Again, a lot of reasons, but uh, you know, there's a lot of passion behind behind the management group. You know, they really truly care about the team. They care about the direction the team's going in. Um, and and you know, without them, there's there's no players or coaches. And you know, Yarrow just does a fantastic job. He's you know, insanely organized and you know, very diligent in his work and and. Um, yeah, I think he really he really does a great job with the, the whole organization. And having this organization be here in Syracuse, New York, and have an opportunity to move forward into year two, I spoke with Jake Colbrenner just a few minutes ago about about this team and, and about being a part of you know the NPSL and, and the level of competition. What can you say about the level of competition that was on your team, practicing against your guys? What can you say about year number one, and and were you pleasantly surprised, or was it right on par to the type of competition you felt that you would get when we were looking inside of the franchise for Syracuse FC? Um, you know, it was good. It was good. We had you know we had a good mix of players. You know, some definitely some surprises. You know, Jake being one of them. He's a younger younger player, but Jake's a baller. He he really came onto the scene for us and and uh, scored some really good goals. And you know, I'm excited to play with him again in the future this season but you know there's there's some players that I grew up playing with for a long time that I was familiar with and you know to be able to continue to play with them at a high level in Syracuse is is really great and the Syracuse FC Syracuse Silver Knights kind of connection and and you know shift back and forth you know like you said some guys that that you know and, and that you've gotten to play with with the Syracuse Silver Knights have been on Syracuse FC. What can you say about about that connection and what that's done for your game? I mean, obviously, indoor and outdoor are different, but when you know a teammate and you know their tendencies, that can obviously help you out. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's you know, now I'm playing with a few of them year-round and training with them year-round. So, you know, last year being my first year with both teams, you know, I was kind of new to playing with players like Nate, um, and you know, I, there's there's other players that I'm not sure that are announced yet, but you know, I've played with for a long time growing up that I was able to play with, um, you know, over the past few months, and you know, to continue to play with you know my friends that you know we know each other's tendencies, we know you know what what foot we want the ball played to, where what our strengths are on the field is you know it's an advantage um and it's it's good to have another year with you know a lot of the same players that we have coming back from from last season and you know i think i think it'll show on the field and it'll show in results as the season progresses and and how important was that speaking here with ben raymond of of syracuse fc in your opinion how vital was it to have a core group of guys return and like you said not everybody 
announced yet. Only only a few of you. I think it's you know you were announced with Jake, and then two new players were announced. But outside of that, not too much being said. But for you and and kind of knowing what's coming back, you know, just how important that was for this team to have the similarities to have that to have that bridge from season one to season two with familiar faces coming back to the team oh it's yeah it's great um you know you have an understanding of what the league demands um what the competition you're going to be facing is and um you know it's extremely valuable you know last season i think you know we entered probably in my opinion the top uh conference in the whole npsl and, you know, to, to, to have the results that we got towards the end of the season, um, you know, when we started to really click, I think that type of play and, and that type of soccer from, from us will continue and, and only improve <clears throat> right away off the bat this season versus, you know, learning each other's tendencies as we had to do last year. Some of those close games for you, Ben, that you could talk about last season with Syracuse FC. You know, we, we saw some at home, and, and obviously your opportunities on the road as well. Closing the gap, just what you could say about year two and what you learned from year one, being in those games that the team was in, had opportunities with, that just kind of, you know, either got out of your hands right at the end of the game or, you know, there was a couple moments here and there. But there were a lot of times where Syracuse FC – was in there, and, and we can argue the majority right. of the games you guys were in the game to to make a splash. What what did you learn from that going into year two? Um, yeah, well, you know, soccer's you know it's a it's a very complex game, and you know there's there's advantages all all throughout the sport, and you know there's an advantage to having a few years in the league, a few years experience, um, you know, a few years of, of understanding how. Uh, you know the the what the league demands basically, and having players that have played consistently together, you know, for for many years is a huge advantage. And you know, although it is an excuse, I think I think this year you'll see that you know there'll, there'll be a more of a chemistry right off the bat. Um, you know, just speaking with the organization, I I'm extremely impressed with the players that are being added to the roster, and you know I think there'll be there'll be you know, good wealth of depth in the roster and, you know, other players will have to step up and, and, uh, you know, I think it'll be very competitive, very competitive this year. And when we look at, you know, what's coming up this season in the schedule, you guys will play the Erie Commodores, the greater Binghamton team, FC Buffalo, Rochester Lancers, Fort Pitt Regiment, Cleveland, you know, a lot of these teams people got to see, but Greater Binghamton FC, you know, seeing them again, seeing Rochester and obviously Buffalo, there's a lot of rivalries that are not that far away. An hour here, a couple hours, an hour for Binghamton away. Just right. what that means to this team. And you know with the with Syracuse Silver Knights what the Rochester Lancers meant to, to, to that team and to the season and obviously that rivalry to have the Lancers in outdoor and then have FC Buffalo and, and obviously Greater Binghamton now on the schedule. Just what that means for the fans and what that means to build these rivalries for you moving forward. Right. Well, I mean, you know, right off the bat, we want to be the best team in New York. You know, that's that's definitely a goal of ours, not only to be the best team in our league, to be the best team in the conference, to be the best team in the NPSL. We want to be the best team in New York. And, you 
know, to do that, we have to beat Binghamton, Rochester, and Buffalo. Um, you know, they're all great organizations. I've, you know, I've played for a few of them. I've played against all of them. And, you know, I think our setup right now and, and you know, the environment and culture that has been put in place by the management staff, you know, kind of demands that we we will be the best and, and you know, have to want to be the best. And, you know, I'm excited to play against those teams. And to look at what this could mean for, you know, the future of Syracuse FC to be back here in the second season and to see what the staff has done and what the organization has done to build this, how impressed are you with the fan base, with the community involvement with it, with, you know, people like Central Union 48 that show up to the games and are always loud and then try to travel as well? to, you know, like you said, the product on the field. When you put it all together, just what you could say about what this means and and how Syracuse FC can have longevity in a city that has sometimes struggled with teams hanging around. Right. Yeah, I mean, the the fan base, I just, you know, again, I tip my hat off to the management and how they've really focused on bringing in fans and bringing in, you know, uh, supporter groups like Central 48. Um, and made them a focal point and made them part of, especially feel part of the organization and, you know, tailor some things to their, their needs and what, what they want to experience at the game. At the end of the day, you know, that's, that's who's coming out and watching us play. And, you know, to have that and, and that environment, you know, playing in front of, you know, 1,500 to 2,500 fans each game is amazing as a player. And to have, you know, a group of 50 fans going nuts on the sideline with support and, and cheering and having a great time is amazing to play for. And, you know, they definitely help us on the field. And, you know, we're definitely excited to, to uh, you know, reward them for their hard work with results this season. And finally, coming from Ben Raymond of Syracuse FC, coming back in year two, for somebody that's never been to a game, why should they come? What can you say to the community? There's There's been great fans. They've made my job up in the booth amazing in year number one. What can you say about the fan base that has been there? And if somebody hasn't come, why they should come out to these games and why they should give it a chance? Oh, first of all, soccer is you know, just a beautiful game. You know, it's very exciting. It's very, um, you know, there's not a lot of stoppages. So it's it's very free-flowing. Um, you know, it's a family fun environment. Um, you know, good food right at the gate. And, you know, watching watching soccer is, you know, it's, my, it's all I do. It's I, I play it. I watch it. I play video games of it. And, uh, you know, to, to a fan that hasn't been to a game, it should definitely come check it out. You know, you'll feel the energy in the stands. You know, you'll, you'll feel the 2,500, 3,500 possibly this season. Fans, you know, going nuts watching a defender get stuck in an attack or watching a midfielder play a forward through or, you know, watching us score some goals. And, you know, those are emotions that you share with 3,500 people in the fans. And, you know, it's an energy that is kind of unlike any other sports, in my opinion. So come on out. Come watch a game. <laughs> <laughs> that coming from Ben Raymond of Syracuse FC heading into year number two. Ben, as always, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you being here. 
and being a part of the broadcast here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and obviously being in the community and <clears throat> and doing what you do. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't if I didn't ask you this. Uh, Jake, him and I were speaking on nicknames, and he said, you know, Colby kind of goes the last name. I like Jake the Snake. It's been used before. I told him I might use it again if he we you know if he weaves in and out of a bunch of people this season and then he scores a goal. Oh yeah, Jake the Snake's going to happen. So Ben, you know, bring me into nickname for you what what's going on with you what do you have nicknames well i got an older brother and his 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 buddies and him they call me big bison ben back from high school okay so i was big bison big <laughs> i'm bison. not sure how it's <laughs> not sure how it started or, or how it how it relates to me or my play but big bison i already got it you you help out on the team right whether you score the goal or you assist the goal i say leading the charge Big Bison Ben. That's it. We're done. I love it. Perfect. We, we've done it. So Big Bison and Jake the Snake. We're keeping with animals here. So I guess I guess the animal motif. I'm gonna have to go get a, a thing of animal crackers and put them out in front of me and try and figure out who fits what. I guess at this point. Perfect. <laughs> well, I appreciate it as always. Thanks for spending some time, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Yes. Thank you. Thank right. you. Thanks, Ben. Bye. Uh, coming from Ben Raymond, we'll take our final fast break of the show as we are ending a little bit earlier today due to the ACC teleconference so that I can speak with those coaches so that you can get the information next week. So I'm paying it forward today. We're ending a little bit early for me to do work on the ACC and then have that for you next week. So we'll take a fast break. We'll come back with Through the Looking Glass in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. The Pennant Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Pennant Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Pennant Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. 
Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. Their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hope you're having a great day and a great week. Why is there snow in central New York? It is April 19th. It's April 19th, okay? Easter already happened. We're heading toward Mother's Day. Spring has should have already sprung. Summer is June 21st. I just want to let you know, okay? If it snows two days from now, that means that spring only has an opportunity at maybe two months of being here. Maybe two months. That's it. I feel like Lewis Black. I'm throwing my hands all over the studio. I'm like, so I just, I can't. It's too much. I don't like it. Let's, I mean, I, I love snow. I'm ready to put some shorts on and be in the sun. I'm ready to, I'm ready to feel comfy, right? Put a little sweatshirt on, shorts. I don't want to wear my winter jacket anymore. And I don't want to be like, do I wear sneakers or boots? I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm done with boots. They're too heavy, too much. I don't like it. I'm not doing it. With that being said, and no connection to what I'm about to say, <laughs> when it's time to get into Through the Looking Glass, a deeper look at a trending topic, proudly brought to you by Looking Glass Events. Looking Glass Events is the place for you to go when planning an event in central and upstate New York. The phone number is 315-702-4653. That is 315-702-4653. That is your number to call to Kira Wasserback and her team in central and upstate New York 
to plan out your event. She has a great network of people, and she is the person to call. 315-702-4653. Deeper look at a trending topic. We always ad lib and pick in the moment. So my deeper look at a trending topic today is the hashtag old things I want back. That is the hashtag trending on Twitter right now. It's the number one thing on my Twitter. It's 20.3 thousand tweets. Old things I want back. Normally I read some of yours, but I'm going to tell you mine. Old things that I want back. Oatmeal Swirl. The original Ninja Turtles. Darkwing Duck. I don't even have to, I'm not even looking anything up. I'm just speaking from my pain. What else would I like back? Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Because I never got to go on it, I don't think. Or maybe I did once. What else do I want back? The Lion King sit-down show at Magic Kingdom. What else would I like at Magic at Magic Kingdom? My my wife is, you know. Sometimes the wife is available and, and, and sometimes she gets to come into the studio. She's thinking about the Animal Kingdom Lion King ride, but that or Lion King show, but that's okay. So the Magic Kingdom one, I would love to have that back. What else would I love to have back? The original Mickey Premiums, where the chocolate was only on the ears, and then the face was chocolate and vanilla ice cream. The Chip and Dale ones that they had with the M M&M and M noses. What else would I like to have back? Let me think here. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. This is tough. The original Ninja Turtle movies. I would love to have those. Neapolitan pizza. What else? There's so many things that I want back. It's so sad because I haven't had to really think at all about this. I'm just speaking off the cuff. But yeah, old things that I want back. Oatmeal swirls at the top of that list. The oatmeal that you used to buy and they'd have like the different colors and you'd swirl it in there and they would taste amazing. Yeah, I want those back. Definitely want those back. Uh, what else would I want back? The thing that they used to have at the Pond Street Wegmans, where you could put your groceries on the belt and, uh, inside of Wegmans, and then it would take it around the belt to the outside, and I always wanted to sit on it and then go through the little window myself and end up on the outside. But my mom wouldn't let me because she didn't want me to get hurt. So And yeah, so old things I want back. There's a lot of them. I think that I've barely scratched the surface and probably could do a show about it, and probably an annoying moment of the week about it tomorrow. We'll see. Tomorrow morning, annoying moment of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. 9.30, significant sound bites, live in studio with John Newman, owner of Newman Sports Cards. I'm a massive sports card collector, and we are going to finally have the sports card conversation that I've wanted to have for years. John Newman's going to join me in studio to have some fun with cards and their connection to the sports themselves, and we will obviously be talking about the NFL coming off of that. So thank you so much for tuning in. It is a week until the NFL draft. It is a week until Infinity War, so go to superpoweredpop.com and start listening to our shows and superpoweredpop.podbean.com with the brother show of Wake Up Calls, so to speak, the entertainment show. And today, tonight, we will have the NFL schedule officially released, and you will know what your who your favorite team is playing and when tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So this Thursday is a big old Thursday, April 19th. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of the show. Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. Plenty more to come. WakeUpCallDT.com has it all, and I'll talk with you tomorrow morning. God bless.